Welcome to So Many Bits. I'm your host, Bill Nielsen, and joining me from his palatial studio apartment in Chicago is Brandon Shockney. Brandon, how are you? I'm good, Bill. How are you? This is probably the last time you'll be in this particular palatial studio apartment. Why? What's going to happen to me? Because I'm moving to a one-bedroom apartment. So you'll have to Oof. you'll have to update your intro. As a quick reminder, So Many Bits is brought to you in part by the Second Wind Collective. For more quality podcasts like this one, please visit secondwindcollective.com for details. Now, Brandon, since the last time you've been on, we have introduced a new feature to the podcast. Woo! Hit me with that feature. It is called Screen Watching. Mm-hmm. We are going to take a look at a scene or a plot from a television episode, and it involves video games, and we're going to... Just briefly discuss what it was and then rate it based mm-hmm. on like how entertaining it was, how funny it was, some very, you know, different stuff. So today's episode we're looking at is Rick and Morty, Morty Night Run, Season 2, Episode 2, Original Air Date, August 2nd, 2015. Now, you said you have already watched Rick and Morty, so you were familiar with this episode. Yes, I've seen the first two seasons. I haven't watched any of the most recent season, but I I, this, I was familiar with this episode we watched. Perfect. Uh, so then, it won't take much introduction. There is a scene where Rick and Morty go to this place called Blips and Chits, mm-hmm. which is, uh, you know, Dave and Busters. Right. <laughs> it's basically Dave and Intergalactic Busters. Dave and Busters. And they uh, both play this game called Roy, mm-hmm. and it's like... Art, alternate reality where you put on this VR helmet and then you become this other person named Roy. <laughs> yeah. And you just go through like life struggles as Roy. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it's a pretty remarkable life in different ways but mm-hmm. like sort of in a uh, ABC drama way not right. in like a Rick and Morty way. <laughs> yeah. So Roy struggles with his career mm-hmm. he struggles with his health. Yes. <laughs> and he, he dies. He yeah, dies. Eventually from- dies. Yeah. Falling from a carpet uh, stool? Yeah, he's on the ladder and then the... Yeah. step ladder. Yeah, that, yeah that, that's what it is. Yeah, he falls off of it. And then uh, Morty has been playing and he wakes up and he realizes that he's actually not Roy. <laughs> he's, he's Morty. He's Morty. He's like, snap back into it. Yeah. So I, I have a couple of questions about this scene. Yes. Uh, so first off, Rick mentions really quickly that he sold this thing for 3,000 of some galactic currency. So it was some gun. It was mm-hmm. some, like, assassin's weapon that he'd sold to set up the afternoon at Flips and Chips. So he sold, like, some incredibly powerful secret weapon for 30 bucks, basically. Right. Okay. That, <laughs> just make it sure about that point. Yeah, that, I think that sounds about right. Yeah. he Not for a lot. Just for a little bit of fun at Blips, Blips and Chips. And it was a very, also, like, Simpsons-esque line, I think, where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you can shuffle around words however you want to make things look evil, Morty. Right. Well, that's my favorite thing about Rick is that he's so kind of chaotic neutral, right? He's always just kind of looking out for himself, but he's not really good or bad either way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amoral. And they and that's kind of like emphasized in the way they play the Roy game. Right. It's like Morty like kind of plays, he does try aspire to things, but he like thinks of his family presumably. He takes care of things at home. Mm-hmm. And then Rick is just very... He literally runs off, just like he did in the series. He, yeah, right. He runs away from his family <laughs> and all his responsibilities. Yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, it's interesting the way they, the way uh, Rick kind of talks about the game and, like, Morty's choices. Uh, he's very, like, uh, negative about, like, or he's at first he's like, oh, you made it to 55 years old. Good job, you know, Morty. But then he's like, 
Oh, you went back to the... After you beat cancer, you went back to the carpet store? Boo. Um, so I like I like the the little insights it gives those characters um, and how they would play out a different life. Um, so it's good. It's a, it's a really good scene. Mm-hmm. Now, one other cameo that shows up in the background is a Mr. Meesix appears. Oh, right. Kind of an Easter egg. And mm-hmm. uh, so you see him like helping a guy play a game and then like it cuts away so they can do the Roy thing. And then they come back and then the Meesix disappears. So, hey, congratulations to that background character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he completed his mission. Meeseeks. Hi, I'm Mr. Meeseeks. We're gonna look write, at me. Look at me. Yeah. We're gonna write this. Uh, we're gonna write this uh, scene from the episode on three different factors. Uh, number one. Uh, did you think this was accurate to how real video games are played? You know what? Um, no, not very accurate. Uh, but, but I could. It's like eerie and how I wouldn't be surprised if we started to. Like, 50 years in the future, there was a game that was like this, where you just kind of, like, play a VR game of through someone's life, um, and that kind of plays out like this. But uh, it's obviously very stylized and very um, goofy. Their, like, eyes roll back in their head when they put on the helmet, and they're transported into this person's, like, life. Uh, so I would say out of 6 out of 10... Yes, we are rating these... Different categories on a scale of 6 out of 10, just as you would a traditional video game. Yeah. I think I'd have to give it a 6, intentionally a 6, though. Okay. Not knocking it for, for that. Okay, that that's fair. I I would go with a, a 7, based on some of what you said, where it does resemble what we think video games might look like down the line. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no relation to current video game play. Mm-hmm. Then our next category is condescension. Mm-hmm. Do you think this scene, in various ways, looked down on video game players? Because that happens a lot in sitcom television. Mm-hmm. As it's like, you know, this is a loser thing to do. So if you give it a 6, you do not think it was condescending. Mm-hmm. If you give it a 10, you think it was very condescending. Man, you know, it's tricky because Rick and Morty in itself is all like satire. It's making, it's like whole purpose is to kind of poke fun and hold a mirror up to different sci-fi tropes video game tropes etc but but i don't know if con if it's being condescending it's not like saying video games are stupid uh but but it is like kind of making fun of the idea of what we might be heading towards in terms of video games so i don't know i I put it probably like a 7.5 i think it's like very um purposeful in its intention but it's also not um Treating it like it's stupid, um, which I think when I hear when I think of condescending, that's what I usually think of. Mm-hmm. What about you? I would give it an eight. I think because the one of the uh, elements of this scene is that Morty is angry that they're wasting their time at something irrelevant mm. after having just sold this weapon. Uh, so they're saying that like video games are kind of like a dumb waste of time, uh, mm-hmm. which you know I, I totally can get behind. Yeah, uh, that's that's valid. The interpretation of video games. <laughs> uh, but I, I do think we have to note that on the scoreboard, so to speak. So I right. give it an 8. Okay, that sounds good. And then lastly, entertainment value. Just mm-hmm. did you enjoy the scene? Did it help contribute to the overall arc of the episode? And that is, again, a 6 out of 10, where 10 is, you found it very entertaining. I think it is such a smart, uh, unique idea. Uh, like, what other TV show? Like, Rick and Morty in itself kind of just does these really, like, takes risks in terms of gags and like what they do like really extended bits that they'll kind of go after uh and this this 
Uh, I love that. And so this kind of plays in that same idea. So I'd give it like a nine. I really enjoy this joke um, that playing through the life of Roy uh, is very funny to me. I would go with a nine as well. Mm -hmm. I found that when watching Rick and Morty, the hard sci-fi elements are the ones that I find the most interesting. Like taking a look at what, what would it really look like if this thing was going to happen in the future, like extrapolate from current technology. And that was an interesting look at it, like a compressed view of someone's entire lifespan as a game. Mm. And that's kind of what keeps me coming back to the series more than any other uh, element. So I would, yeah, I would go with a nine as well. Mm. That's cool. And so that, yeah, that brings us our screen watching segment. Brandon, you will know this segment more closely. Mm. What have you been playing? Ah, yes. Well, um, as always, Bill, one of my favorite things to do on your podcast is give you all an Overwatch update. Give us an update. Um, so Overwatch has released their uh, newest character. Uh, Brigitte is uh, the new support character in Overwatch. I've been playing um, the game. Uh, there's always like a burst in how much Overwatch I play whenever there's like a new character release or an event happening. It works on me every time, Blizzard. I, I go back in and I play a bunch. I'm really, really enjoying Brigitte. So her whole deal, I don't know if you're familiar or not with, with how she works, but she's like half tank, half support, and I'm really enjoying it. She uh, has her own like personal shield, and she has like a shield bash, so she can bash people out of their ults, which is turning into a game changer. Ooh, really, okay. really loving that. So like a Moira is like hitting you with your beam and you get in close enough to bash it and it, she's done wow okay um, that's pretty powerful yeah also earlier today i really enjoyed i discovered you could do this a uh, reinhardt charging towards me i shield bashed him and it interrupted his charge Whoa, um, okay that's, yeah yeah okay. so uh she's she's turning out to be a pretty um a pretty good support character. I'm still getting the handle on using her for healing effectively uh, because you kind of send out armor packs on people and then your your ultimate allows you to kind of, it's called like rally and um, it gives everyone in your general vicinity uh, armor and then uh, keeps that kind of up and uh, as you do damage, you like keep that sustained. Um, so her whole idea is that the more damage you do on people, the more health you're kind of giving out. I see. Um, so I, I really like, I also just really like her character design. Um, her flail is a very fun weapon. Um, you can use it for boops. You know, people love kind of <laughs> booping with Lucio and uh, Farah. Her, her like flail, it's hard to hit it, land it. It's because like Roadhog's hook. But if you can like hit him, it gives him a nice like uh, boost away. So really enjoying um her and i think she's she's what a care a new character should do which is kind of changes how people play the game because now they have to adjust to this new element um so it keeps the game interesting and people have to come up with different strategies uh so i like that we're up to six new characters after mm -hmm. the original release yeah yeah and it's been interesting the last two i i thought brigitte i i knew she was maybe coming out but i assumed she was going to be a tank but uh, this is actually our second support character in a row we've gotten now, which is good because we had those are the fewest um, characters we have. Yeah. Um, but now, but now I think we're up to uh, where where the other characters are. I think we might be due for a, a defense character actually um, next. But yeah, really like Brigitte. I really like all her skins. Uh, are are very cool. The the thing she has right now, I have her equipped with the makes her look like Torbjorn. 
Um, so she has her, her dad's like armor or outfit on. So, uh, no, I, I really like that. So I'm playing a lot of that. Um, PlayStation Plus this month allowed you to download Bloodborne for free. So I have downloaded Bloodborne and I started playing Bloodborne a little bit. And it is hard, um, just yeah, like yeah. Dark Souls, which I knew. And I, you know what? Maybe, maybe I'm just not made for these type of games where there is so little handholding that I have really no idea what I'm supposed to be doing, how to like heal myself, and like other things like that. Where it just kind of throws you in there and expects you to kind of figure it out. Uh, I do like some sort of direction on like. Here's what the different buttons do. Um, so I feel like I haven't gotten that from this game. Uh, and maybe I just haven't gotten far enough into it to give some more um, uh, insight. But I know people really love it. And so I'm giving it a shot. Um, but we'll see how long I, I stick with it. I, I played the original Dark Souls back on the 360. And I had kind of the same issue. Is I would get like, I got like four or five hours into it. But just the amount of... Uh, teaching that went on it was very difficult to figure out where to go what to do how to survive certain encounters mm -hmm. and just like felt everything was so hostile at every point in the game mm -hmm. and I, I i got frustrated i gave up yeah yeah so I, i'm worried uh, i'm gonna feel the same way about bloodborne uh and then the the third thing i've bought recently is monster hunter world oh um, so okay. i do have that uh, do you play that I have not played that. Another frequent guest on the podcast, Luis Badillo, yeah. is a huge Monster Hunter Worlds fan, and mm -hmm. he he's been telling me good things. Have you had a chance to try it yet? Uh, I have. I have kind of uh, gone a little bit into it, into like the uh, intro sequence. So I, I got my character all set up, and like the the weapon, the initial weapon I chose to go out there with, which is very very cool. This is my first kind of venture into the Monster Hunter franchise, um, so. Uh, but it seems pretty accessible. Monster Hunter World seems pretty uh, uh, easy to kind of catch on. Um, but I have uh, my main weapon on my character is this uh, sword and shield that I can use. But then I can connect to the sword and shield to create a, like an axe. Oh, wow. uh, And I can swing around and then I can like go back and forth between the two. Okay, that's um, pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. Um, so the combat is super fun, but I haven't like really hunted any major monsters yet um but I, i've heard it's really fun to play online and play with other people you should get it and we could <laughs> we could play um but yeah it's it's fun so far i'm uh, i'm enjoying it it looks beautiful too really really good i played the demo back in january mm -hmm. yeah it looks incredible and even just this is a little silly but the cutscenes where like they feed you the food i was like that looks amazing i'm so hungry now for real yeah these like cats making food for me and i'm like whoa i want that um yeah so those are the three main things i'm playing right now what about you bill what are you playing well i have been playing one thing for the most part recently it really uh sucked me in it's called prey oh prey the the remake yes the okay. 2017 game came out on like ps4 xbox and mm -hmm. steam uh, I like bought a bunch of games last year and not played most of them, so I was going through and eBaying some, and just it was I guess fate that the one person I sold prey to canceled their order after they uh, won the auction. So I was like, yeah, I'll hang on to it. Maybe I'll give it a try, and uh, I'm glad I did now because it is really good. Is it fun? I've 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 been like aware of it and I've seen it. It's been on like sale and stuff like that, but I haven't kind of leapt into it but you you would recommend huh here's the thing 
This is the most Bioshocky game to have <gasps> ever Bioshocked a Bioshock. That's all you needed to say to me. I love Bio. The original Bioshock is the game I've probably played the most times, over and over again. So if you're telling me this is giving you Bioshock vibes, oh yeah, totally. I'm gonna pick this up. Yeah, you you really ought to if you want some more Bioshock because basically you're stuck on an abandoned space station. You don't know really how you got there or what's going on, and you have to work through a hostile environment, crawling with monsters, try and interact with the few human survivors and get to the bottom of the big mystery that's it, driving everything. Ooh, is it scary? It can be. I, I've had, for the most part, good luck in that regard mm -hmm. because I'm playing with, like, the lights on and I have, like, another... Uh, I'll be streaming some video on the side and that kind of just makes things more tense. Mm -hmm. But you can... You can really get into some, like, oh, God moments mm -hmm. where, like, uh, there's an enemy called the Mimic and it will pretend to be different objects in the environment. Oh. Sometimes it'll be like a med kit. Sometimes it'll be a chair. Sometimes it might even be like a corpse. Yeah. And so you can just encounter one out of nowhere. They're kind of weak, so it sort of is okay, because like you mostly will just get startled and you'll bash it eight times with a wrench. <laughs> but there, there are definitely, yeah, there's definitely some tension. The music is really good in this game. Mm -hmm. Like really atmospheric. Like, sometimes it's, like, a kind of a chill electronic vibe, and sometimes, it, like, if things are getting tense, it'll be, like, discordant. It'll be, like, just kind of random drops here and there of mm -hmm. different sounds. It doesn't let you, unless you're like me and, like, actively working against it, it mm -hmm. doesn't let you ever feel really comfortable. Uh-huh. Man, okay. You, you sold me. I might go on the PlayStation Store after we're done recording and download it right now. You really should consider it if you want to play some more Bioshock. Yes. The only thing I would caution you of is, uh, so there are a couple tips that I got from people, and mm -hmm. I don't want to uh, spoil too much for you, but uh -huh. they helped me out a lot in getting through some of the difficult parts of the game. So there are, there's a whole skill tree. There are actually two skill trees that you can get, but the two abilities that were recommended to me are Necropsy, Mm -hmm. which you can harvest stuff from the dead aliens to help get uh, better materials for crafting. There's a crafting system in the game. Mm -hmm. And then combat focus, where you can uh, press a trigger and then go into bullet time. Oh, and, cool. And while you're in bullet time, like you use less stamina, and like if you keep upgrading it, you can deal more damage. And there was a three-hour segment where I was just like dying every ten minutes, like every room I went into, because I was just like totally out of ammo, and like I'd probably used too much ammo and not upgraded them guns enough. And so I needed to like figure out how to survive. And someone, a friend recommended, oh, you should get combat focus. And then mm. instantly the difficulty curve uh, evened out again. I was able to survive some encounters or just like run away. Sometimes you just have to run away from fights. Right. There'll be guys you encounter who you just can't win against. Huh. All so. right. That sounds, that sounds really fun. And you sold me on it. And I hope, some listeners were sold on it. Yeah, give it a look. It's down to like 15, 20 bucks. Wow. It's the same people, probably not the exact same people, but the same studio that made Dishonored and Dishonored mm -hmm. 2. So you have a pedigree. Check it out. There may also be some DLC coming this year. There was like some vague tweets about it mm -hmm. like a month ago or so. So yeah, pray. Cool. It's good. Pray. Well, that's what I've been playing, Brandon. Nice. So before we move on to our. Uh, Previously, Choose Your Fighter, but now Final Boss segment. Uh -huh. You know what's coming. Oh, I know. Let me get my phone out. Yes, you do. It's time 
for a Bill's Magic Minute. Yep. Yeah, so for a new listener, I really like the game Magic the Gathering, and I need one minute to discuss it on the podcast without context, without explanation, so I can get it all out of my system, and then we can move on to the rest of the video game talk. Some would say you even love magic. That could be true. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready when you are, Bill. And go! A new format was announced last week called Brawl. Brawl is similar to the currently existing format called Commander or Elder Dragon Highlander, and it involves 60-card decks with all singleton cards and a general, but now it's for the standard format only. I'm really looking forward to exploring this format because while I enjoy Commander a lot, I find that the decks are very expensive, and then when you build them, you're mostly done with your project. You can't really improve on the deck easily unless you're like buying like one to two cards periodically, like every few months or so. With standard, as weird as it is to like have to be forced to buy more cards, you end up having new deck options because things are constantly rotating. You have new options to add cards or subtract cards and even explore entirely new commanders because they won't always be legal. I'm definitely going to be looking to play this with friends or have a deck with me when I go to different magic tournaments in the future. And time! That was great! You even, like, kind of wrapped it up on your own. Ah, ah, ah. I'm gathering mana! <laughs> That's a magic uh, term for all you <laughs> all you non-believers out there. Yes, non-believers. <laughs> Shun the non-believers. <laughs> well, back to the muggle conversation. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so, Brandon, uh, yes. just because we have introduced the new screen-watching segment, I retired Choose Your Fighter from the podcast. So I automatically win? Well, you know, we, we haven't rendered it. So I won. Uh, I suppose you could look at it that yeah, way. Yeah, they were all ties, and then I won, because you forfeit. Uh, yeah, you you won. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes! Yes! That, that's, uh, congrats on your give part. Me, give me my gold. Uh, and my experience. <laughs> Look uh, later on for your bar to fill. Yeah, okay. If it doesn't fill within two to three business days, I email me for come support. after you. No, I'll come in person. Oh, okay. Boof, boof, boof. Okay. Bill. You, you, uh, Where's my experience? I, I don't know. Maybe it got lost in the mail. Have you te- Have you contacted your... Uh, no, have you contacted your local yeah. office to see the delivery yeah. service? In the meantime, before you assault me... Right. We're doing now our final boss segment, which is going to be for one article news event. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we just don't have to go over an hour and hour. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. So, Brandon, you had something you wanted to cover, and it looked pretty badass. So yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So, I, I wanted uh, I, Unreal um, did a presentation last week where they uh, showcased a um, their like engine, their Unreal Engine, and kind of some advancements they've made um, with that. And they, they demoed a, like three different kind of major things there uh, just to give um, audiences, it was at a convention, um, the audiences these, the like idea of what's coming down the pipeline there for like the future of gaming. Uh, and... I gotta say the the I had you watch a few videos with me, um, kind of showcasing or demoing uh, their their latest and greatest. Uh, what did you think of what you saw? 
I thought it was remarkable, mm -hmm. to be honest. I kind of, you know, you, you get like tech demos and like graphics trailers and stuff. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but when I, I saw them, it did open my eyes a bit as to the possibilities of what this engine can do, mm -hmm. graphics-wise. Because everyone talks about the uncanny valley effect, and there's still a sense of that, right? Even though we were watching these. Um, so there's one that they showcase. Um, I, I, I believe her name was, uh, is it Siren? Um, I believe, let me, uh, let me go back um, to it. But uh, So uh, one of the things they showcased was their like, digital human. Her name is Siren. Um, and they did a real-time kind of performance, uh, and it's motion capture, so they have, like, an actual actress, um, you know, in the full-body suit, uh, kind of like what they do with, you know, movies nowadays and stuff, too, uh, but just showing the advancements they've made, and there's still, I, I feel like, a sense of that uncanny, like, you can still tell a little bit that, um, and at least for me, uh, that it's not a real person, um, but... Man, the line is blurring more and more. I felt like I had to kind of look and notice what was off about the performance now, rather than like it being right in my face. Like mm -hmm. just a little bit of the mannerisms were stiff, mm -hmm. and like the face was a little bit like it's almost like too bright or too shiny. Too shiny. A lot of people talk about how it just looks like they're. It's almost like rubber. Or, like, some sort of, like, you can tell that it's fake skin. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're still a part of that. Um, yeah, with that, and the, the Andy Circus did, uh, like, a motion capture performance as well. Um, and, of course, he's known, you know, for doing a bunch of different motion capture things. So he's, like, on the cutting edge of, of this sort of uh, thing. And his performance is really good, too. Just the what they're able to do with expressions and like you can see kind of like tears welling up in his eyes uh which is an insane thing uh to be able to capture or uh render um i don't really understand how they do it but we're getting closer and closer to um that photorealism you mentioned the uncanny valley it feels like we have crossed the uncanny valley now and we're mm -hmm. closer to authenticity than not mm -hmm. even just from like a couple years ago it feels like we're making really big strides, right? Because people talk about how um, when Rogue One came out, uh, there was some uncanny valley with, with like, the Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Um, and and um, the... Uh, I'm blanking on his Grand name. Grand Moff Tarkin. Grand Moff Tarkin, uh, right? But, but now I feel like if you did something like this, you'd be able to, like, even avoid those criticisms uh, to an extent. The other main demo they did was a short kind of film called Reflections, that it was like a Star Wars film with these two stormtroopers. I think that, out of the three, that looks the best. Mainly because people are in helmets and you don't have to worry about facial expressions. But, like, the lighting and just the way their, like, suits look, to me, that looked the most like that could just be a real scene that was shot. If you had just shown me that, you would have convinced me it was, like, a deleted scene from The Last Jedi or mm -hmm. uh, Force Awakens. Right. Without saying it was made in the Unreal Engine. And that's, that's what's so crazy that we're, we're at that point where we can do that. And it's just going to become more and more commonplace, you know. And I wonder if it's going to be... I think obviously in film it'll be more advanced than it... Like I feel like video games will always be kind of catching up, right? Um, but I could see in 10 years, you know, video games being at a point where 
it's it's almost like that Roy like you're living as like another person because it's just so like the interactions feel so real or look so real and that's like amazing to me that is a good contrast yeah with movies you don't have unlimited budgets but with the big blockbusters you can go crazy and do incredible graphical effects with video games you are limited somewhat by budget and also by the platforms that people own Mm -hmm. where you have uh, playstation 4 and xbox one which are powerful but nowhere near the pinnacle of computer technology that's available right now Mm -hmm. right exactly and i feel like we're kind of waiting right for the next generation of consoles because that's where we're going to be able to uh i assume kind of incorporate a lot of this so it really has been like five years hasn't it yeah so i'm sure playstation 5 is right around the corner um i don't know do you think we would get something at e3 kind of hinting at that uh are we still in the midst of i mean ps4 is doing really well right um the console is is really healthy and i don't think they necessarily need to but i wonder how close we are to another generation I think we're at least two years away still. Mm. I think you won't hear anything from this year's E3 conference, maybe 2019. And like they'll say, like, hey, we're working on the next generation. But, I mean, yeah, as you mentioned, they are the leader right now in the industry. And they do have a deluxe model available, the Pro, which is not perfect, but... 4K. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, the Xbox is really lagging behind. They already released, like, the Xbox One uh, X, which is supposed to be an upgrade. Mm-hmm. And that's, not, from what I can tell, not really making a dent in the landscape. Mm-hmm. And the Switch is just on an entirely different uh, trajectory. Mm-hmm. So there's not really much of a need for them to upgrade yet. I agree. It's, it seems like there's still a big focus, instead of on graphics, there's still a big focus on kind of VR and that virtual reality experience, kind of pushing that angle. Um, I'm wondering if that's going to kind of die down in the way... 3d kind of dies down where we still have it as a presence but it's not like where every that's like the goal um but it's it still feels like maybe i i bet at e3 we're going to get a lot of vr announcements i would imagine i think that's a good observation yeah yeah we it's looking like that's not dying down Mm -hmm. it still seems kind of underwhelming to me but there's definitely a lot of money and time being thrown into it adding vr compatibility to different games it, it is it is so interesting how you can kind of map the VR and how that's kind of uh, evolving. Same way as, as 3D was introduced in films, right? It was such a big deal and it felt like it was being, we were being like beaten over the head with it of like, you got to see this movie in 3D. And now it feels like that's not as big of a concern. It's still around, but... Um, People just don't want to invest the money into like all this other stuff you need for like a 3D TV and 3D glasses and 3D movies are more expensive. Like I feel like that's the same way with VR stuff. It's like you need the the VR headset, which is not cheap. You need mm-hmm. uh, special VR video games. Like um, I don't know if people are necessarily going to buy into that. And when this next generation of consoles come in, I think VR is going to be reduced at least somewhat. I wonder if. At some point soon, it looks like this might be happening very soon, but now it may be not right yet, but you'll buy a Sony TV, it will have a PS whatever, 5, 4, built into it, and it will come with a VR headset. You buy it all for like Uh $1,500, and it's just an entire entertainment setup on its own. I mean, if if they did like a bundle like that, that's a good way to get people to buy your products, right? If it was a one... 
one big thing. And fifteen hundred bucks for it is not that bad for like all that stuff. I would imagine it would be even more. <laughs> You're probably right. Um, You're probably right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but I I like I, I that's the only way to really get me on board is if you offer it as a full packaged thing and this is the state of the art stuff all delivered to you then great um, but you give it out doled out in pieces people aren't going to be on board um, i rather than focus on the cool unreal engine stuff and the next level graphics and making sure our systems are like up to snuff with that i don't really care about vr um, so much so yeah right now the games feel like a demonstration that vr is possible and we're still waiting for games that take advantage of the VR space to do something new. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, what what game do I have to play that I can only experience through VR? Like, I don't know if there's anything that's really selling me on this is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. You will not get this anywhere else. Um, the ultimate entertainment. What what VR game can can people? It should be on people's tip, like the tip of their tongue, right? This game is the VR game to get. I feel yeah. like we don't have it yet. Yeah, your question was definitely rhetorical. I've heard like Resident Evil Seven can be incredibly immersive mm -hmm. in like PSVR and like scary. You'll, yeah, you'll just be like, nope, and take your headset off. Right. But other than that, I haven't heard anything that uh, pops mm -hmm. out. I think that's the other thing too. Not not to continue to kind of go on on this, but. Um, I think with, with Resident Evil 7, you also have to buy into the fact that people, that's going to only appeal to people that enjoy being scared. You need to have a, an experience that people can kind of be immersed in that also isn't like terrifying. Mm -hmm. Um, like No Man's Sky VR, like a real kind of capability like that is what I feel like would appeal to a bunch of people, right? Just being able to like wander around on a crazy alien planet and see like a bunch of stuff. Like, that's what people want, just to take in visuals. Uh, I want, I'm want. i curious if, if VR will be able to kind of meet that Unreal Engine-style thing, and eventually we can kind of have both married together. Like, that's probably where we're ultimately headed, maybe. I don't know. Maybe sometime in our lifetimes. Mm -hmm. uh, still seems pretty far away. Yeah, from, it like, mass acceptance. Mm -hmm. But I think we can get there in the next 50 years or so. Right. Sword Art Online online yeah, yeah just kind of sit down and plug in and be a whole character we'll be like 70 year old creepers hanging out with <laughs> like teenagers experiencing yeah. vr for the first time that's right you and i will be in an old folks home together and we'll just be sitting in our crazy gaming chairs side by side <laughs> oh boo let's go just took up the oxycontin along yeah. with the vr headset <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff yeah, man. Uh, well, anything else you want to cover under the sun before we call an end to this episode? Uh, I don't think so. I, I, I think that was, yeah, a really good discussion. I'm excited about downloading Prey, which I'm about to do. Glad to hear it. Before yep. you go ahead and do that, if you want people to find you either electronically or in person, where mm -hmm. can they find you? Um, well, uh, uh, you can find me on my own podcast called At The Trailers. Uh, just type in At The Trailers on iTunes. It's a podcast where we... Uh, me and my buddy John Pernasek, we talk about that week's movie trailers. Um, we're switching to a Tuesday release schedule instead of Monday. We're now going to be releasing on Tuesdays. So every Tuesday, uh, if you subscribe, there will be a, a trailer for you to, um, if you, there was a trailer you really liked, we'll be talking about it probably. Um, so check it out. Check out that. And then, um, you can find me on Twitter at B double E shock. Awesome. Mm -hmm. As for us, we can be reached by email at so many bits podcast at gmail.com. 
Like us on Facebook, we're So Many Bits on there. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at So Many Bits. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Please rate and review or download from Spreaker, from SoundCloud, from YouTube. We play games, twitch.tv slash so many bits. Wednesday nights usually for Magic the Gathering Online and similar games. Thursdays for more of a potpourri of different stuff. Recently I've been going through basically my back catalog of games, looking at like my GameCube stuff, my PlayStation 1 stuff. And last but not least, please check out the rest of the Second Wind Collective for other quality podcasts, support, independent art, and the spirit of Dallas and Elsie.